What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Two Bucks Sports Podcast, your premier destination for all things sports. Uh, fans, both foreign and domestic, checking in tonight. And my infamous colleague from North Mississippi, Mr. Drew Gann, Uncle Buck, on the podcast tonight. Welcome in, sir. Oh, Buckets, what's cracking? I'm holding down the fort here in North Mississippi. I uh, just wanted to give you a quick update. Um, our 8U girls softball team lost their first game in a heartbreaker the other day. Um, I'm telling you, we lost by one run, mm. and I had trouble sleeping. I'm telling you, I'm invested in, <laughs> in 8U girls coach pitch softball. It is. Um, I have the time of my life, and if there's one thing that I know about Little League softball, it's all about the parents' enjoyment, and I'm having Absolutely. a great time. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, nothing like getting involved in your kids' sports. I know when I go watch my nephews when I'm at home, and I'm like, I'm more invested than any ball game like I've ever been a part of is watching them play. Oh yeah, yeah. We got off the snide last night though with a with a commanding nine to five win. There it is. So uh, all all things that end well. Uh, how's the saying go? Oh, oh uh, <laughs> wow. All things uh, end well. End well. <laughs> yeah, all things that end well, end well. That's what we're going with. <laughs> you, heard it, you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> the Stubbery um, Bucks podcast. Yeah. Hey, uh, are y'all still, because I know y'all are breaking it down to different things each week. Are y'all still the, the Lady Donuts, or? You know, after our last win, our team name is Ripley Feed, which is like the feed store here in town. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, what are we breaking it down to? And they said, let's just do our team name. And I was like, really? It's Ripley Feed. And they're <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like. Okay, but y'all got to be more creative next time. (laughs) There you go. Put the charge back on them. Right. Well, Uncle Buck, we're going to do things a little different tonight. Uh, For those fans of us on our social medias, you may have seen on our Instagram that uh, we've been asking questions of our fans to help us get warmed up and uh, get us going for our conversations tonight. So we've had quite a few uh, people responding, and so uh, we're going to go through some of those questions. So Before that, uh, you get that, my <laughs> wife, who is in the other room, just texts me, all's well that ends well. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> All is well that ends well. I don't, she should be on this podcast, not me. Listen, man, this is a sports podcast, not a intelligence podcast, for good reason. <laughs> An intelligence podcast. Yeah. That may be the dumbest sentence we've uttered so far. I don't so. know. We just said all ends well, ends well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the Hugh Freeze experience. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> all right. So we're going to go back to last week, and we're going to start. Uh, speaking of your your lovely wife, we've got a what? few questions here from her. Uh, first, tell why we're just now reading last week's responses to our poll question. Are we going to go into that? <laughs> yeah. The people right. want to know why they're a week late. All right. So, uh, I get a text from Drew. What was that yesterday? Day before? Yeah, yesterday. And he said, "Hey man, have we been getting any answers to our poll? Haley just asked if we'd seen them." And I was like, "Oh, I, forgot. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to look these up." <laughs> so I pull up my little Instagram app and I'm poking around, and in the top there's a little heart it had a red dot on it, and I hit it, and I've got all kind of questions asked on here that I don't even know had been asked. Yeah. So, so basically, <laughs> uh, Rusty put out a a survey for everybody to fill out and did not know how to look at the answers. So <laughs> we're two weeks behind. So we're going to knock them all out tonight. 
you know, one step at a time, man. We're yeah. we're coming into this technology thing. We stepped into it by asking the questions. Don't <laughs> ask me to get the answers. I did step yeah. one, man. <laughs> yeah. It's only important if you know how to ask the question. Yeah, apparently. So what's All the right. first question we got? I'm sure it's from my beautiful wife. It is. And what's one thing that people people are generally surprised to find out about you? Oh. <sighs> Um, that in a former life, I was in a rock and roll band that played on the 50 yard line there of the is. Carolina Panthers game. <laughs> and I was like, you, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I had yeah. long hair and <laughs> you know, pick that I, base clean, man. Yeah. Party like a rock star. I mean, that, that, that's a genuine surprise. And people's like, huh? Oh, okay. And then I'm like, then I have to pull up the YouTube video to show them. And then they're like, oh, wow, y'all were actually good. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, they don't just let anybody in yeah. in Bank of America Stadium <laughs> buy our album. It's on. Uh, <laughs> it's actually <Surviving> Allison. <laughs> so if you've got it, you've got rare property. <laughs> so. And I have a copy. <laughs> so. What um, about you? For me, being here in South Carolina, I, I guess kind of the the low hanging fruit is that I'm from Mississippi. Nobody here is from Mississippi. Everybody's you know from New England, New, New Jersey, Philly, West Virginia. I'm one no of the curse. few that came north. Uh, most people think I'm from here because of the accent, but then when I say I'm from Mississippi, it's always, oh, I didn't, I don't know anybody from Mississippi. I'm like, well, now you do. And then they say, doesn't Mississippi have four S's instead of two? And you're like, that's what I said, Mississippi. That's what I said, Mississippi. <laughs> so you spot a local. <laughs> yeah. so. Oh, what's our next question? What was the last thing that you Googled? Now, this question is dangerous. Very. And when you sent me this one, uh, it was something i was like well that's a great idea if we ever have guests that's got to be like a a question we ask every guest mm-hmm. is what was the last thing you googled and i just pulled mine up and uh i guess it's a topic we can cover on this podcast yeah because it was news it was uh bob huggins audio oh <laughs> yeah so i saw the headline that that he took a reduction in salary by a million dollars. He's oh. doing sensitivity training and I t- heard the story yet. So mm-hmm. I Googled the audio cause I wanted to hear it. And I'm telling you, that's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty bad. So yeah. what, yeah. I, what was the last thing you Googled? And remember, <laughs> this is a family podcast. <laughs> it ain't nothing like that today. Uh, I've got this thing, you know, me, Drew, you and I are very similar. We always have like an office or a movie quote that we can pull up in a heartbeat. Right. And one of my go to's is when people say, what does that mean? I always say, no one knows what it means, but it's provocative and it gets the people going. And I could not. No, it's not. I thought it was Step Brothers. I couldn't remember what movie it was from. You want it's a Will Ferrell movie. Uh, Nights. Nope. It's not Step Brothers. I could have swore it was Step Brothers. I was I swore up and down it was Step Brothers. And then I Googled it. It's one of the older ones. It's a sports movie. Well, I mean, I haven't seen Kicking and Screaming or Semi Pro. Kicking and Screaming was great. It wasn't uh, Kicking and Screaming, not Semi Pro. And it's not Talladega Nights. Uh, you're missing one big one. It's got what's his name from Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory. It's from I've, Blades of Glory. I guess I've seen the clip, but I don't think I've seen that movie either. 
Uh, that that one I didn't care for. Will Ferrell's really hot and cold for me, and I didn't care for yeah. Blaze of Glory, but I I know that scene. It's also in that that song by Kanye West and all those guys that won't repeat the name of on here, but uh, that's how it starts the song, and it's from Blades of Glory. So I googled okay. what movie that was from today. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess that's where I heard it from. Maybe maybe Kanye got it for me. Yeah. There you go. All right. Um, how would your parents describe you? Describe what you do. Right. Yeah. What you do. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. What so you do. as a job, what does my parents think if they had to tell? Uh, I mean, my dad can be a man of few words, so it's probably uh, he gets the lights on in Tippa County, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and then my mom would drone on for a whole conversation about it, you know, without checking up and uh, every single detail. My mom is the long form storyteller. My dad is uh, get to the point, hmm. you know. Yeah, very fair. Same same observation in my family. My dad tells people I'm a physical terrorist. That's and, true. And I went to school for the arts of medieval torture. Oh, really? Yeah, so shout out that's to Bob. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. When I was an undergrad at Mississippi State, he would call me and he'd say, did you learn how to how to make people do jumping jacks today? I'm like, Dad, it's a little different than <laughs> yeah. that. My then, father-in-law, every time I get on the phone with him or he's on the phone with uh, Haley, he thinks that my career is just driving the truck out and checking meters, meter reader, meter reader <laughs> being a meter reader, because that's all the people that he knows at his local utility. That's all they do. Mm-hmm. Apparently his friends and they just go out there and take naps. And so he, he all every day asks me like how long of a nap I took. I'm like, I, it's a little bit more intense than that. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I'm a mighty Morphin power ranger. Yeah. I'm a power ranger. So <laughs> Um, and then my mom, same thing, drones on and on about dry needling, about uh, physical therapy, about everything under the sun. You know my mom, sweet lady. Um, brevity is not one of her song's strong suits. No, no <laughs> neither with mine. Yeah. Love you, Mama Lee. <laughs> yeah, I love you too, Mama Lee. <laughs> All right. Also from your bride, what have you learned about yourself recently because of starting a podcast? I learned that I like doing podcasts. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of those things when we started, it was like, ah, come on, everybody does a podcast. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like, you know, maybe, you know, I don't want to be one of thousands, you know, but, you know, when you got on here and I got in here with, with Rusty, who is my best friend, and that we talk every week or every day about sports, mm-hmm. found that it was kind of easy in that, especially port, sports and, teams that i care about i can i can talk about them you know yeah. even on camera and a microphone like it's fun i could do it every day yeah i would agree with that um and that like i really i know way too much about sports like I, we sit here we talk about it and like there's always facts and stats and stuff that come up and we spit it back and forth and i'm not saying that's a bad thing but like i've always you know thought i knew a lot about sports and there are times where i still struggle with it but like i feel like i know a fair amount of more about sports than even i thought i knew well, I kind of have the opposite feeling. I kind of feel like I'm underprepared for most times because I listen to these sports podcasters and they're typically done by journalists who cover the team and they've got stats and they know how to look them up. Every time I try to look up stats and create like yeah, stats, you know, true. if I want to look up, you know, the last 30 games and, you know, points or whatever, you know, league wide, it takes me forever. And most time I just give it up. Like <laughs> for some That's reason, right I cannot figure out how to work. Uh, basketball reference yeah it's too complicated for me uh yeah. but uh yes yeah, we've always said we're like, not like a sports 
stats podcast or sports yeah. news, which we do better at, because I agree now. If we're getting down like right. brass tacks and numbers and trends and stuff, like I'll only go as far as stat muse that now you have to pay for us. The free will carry me and the NBA uh, reference as well. Yeah. And, you know, for us, I've made no excuses. I've made, I've, I've, you have no illusions that I'm the stat guy. But I know where to get the stats that I care about, you know. <laughs> so yeah. go follow one of those guys that do the research, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'll give you credit. It's not straight plagiarizing. I'll, I'll put yeah. you in the work cited page at the end. Absolutely, you know? in every but, episode. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think that's me. Like, if I were to do this full-time job, I'd really have to learn how to use basketball reference and, and uh, get my own stats here. Cause, and honestly, I probably need to watch more sports, which is something I never would have said, yeah. you know, six months ago that I – that if I'm going to talk about sports every day or, or once a week and be well-versed in a lot of things, like mm-hmm. there's a lot more games out there. Like tonight, there's a couple NBA games tonight, pivotal game fives tonight. And uh, I probably just need to stay up till midnight every night watching these late games, but I don't. Yeah, same. And I think we do a good job for two, you know, just average Joes who have, you know, day jobs. And this is our, our little side gig. I think we do a good job. You know, we don't don't get paid to look up stats like these journalists do. You know, we've got other things, other responsibilities. But um, I agree. I think like for me, it's it, the one thing I, I feel like I know a lot about sports and I didn't know as much about the NBA as I thought, because the NBA for me consisted of the Memphis Grizzlies and not a lot right. outside of that. Um, other than like big games, playoffs, NBA finals, whatever. Right. So I have watched and paid more attention to the NBA this year than I have in previous years. I kind of enjoyed it. Kind of enjoyed it a little more than I thought. And since you brought it up, let's just make a plea to the audience here. Uh, Rusty said that this is a non-paid side gig, but if anybody would like to start paying us, <laughs> we will sponsor anything. <laughs> Absolutely. We're not above any sponsorship of anything. Yeah. I mean <laughs> – there are only a few things that I, I'd have to say no to just uh, sure. ethically, but yeah, but I mean, I can be bought. Yeah. And there, I have a price. So uh, <laughs> yeah. at two bucks sports podcast and all your favorite social medias, hit us <laughs> up and we will pitch your business on here yeah. for a nominal fee. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to keep it in the family and uh, your cousin Kirk reached out with three straight questions. This is a family podcast, isn't it? It is <laughs> in more yeah. ways than one in more ways than um, one. Uh, matter of fact, we've only got one non-family question, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, is Will Levis a bust? Uh, it's, you go first. Yeah. It's too early to tell, but if I had to put a rating on it, I give the odds probably about a 65, 70% chance. I just, I don't like what I see on film. He looked great in, in the combine. He looks great in shorts, but in a league where you basically got NFL players, you know, reading your decisions, rushing you, defending your receivers. He's never like, he just didn't play well. And so that's only going to get magnified, you know, because you take the best player from each of those positions and put them in the NFL. Right. I, I just, I don't like his chances. Yeah. Uh, I agree with everything you said. The only thing I disagree with, the, the point that I would make here is that it's much harder to bust because when you think of bust, you think, you know, um, Jamarcus Russell, name? Ryan. Jamarcus Lee. Russell, yeah. You think number one overall pick. You think high first round pick. It's really hard to be really bad to to be considered a bust when you're taken in the second round. I'll say I, I would agree with that, except for he came and and again we talked about this last week. You brought this up, I believe. Like he fell a victim to the hype machine and the smoke and mirrors. Yeah, but, but that was that so was so much hype about him that. Unless he lives up to the hype that Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and these guys were putting on him, 
he'll be called a bust because they were calling him a top 10 draft pick. That's not what the NFL execs saw, but you and I saw it day in and day out on social media and on ESPN, on TV, that he was supposed to be a top 10 pick, and he's not that talented. Well, you know, I kind of give him a pass on that because that was not – Todd McShay and Mel Kiper got used. I mean, it's it's clear that everybody had a late first, early second rate. Uh, round grade on him mm-hmm. and so that's what he is now the hot machine game and the smoke and mirrors came and and suddenly everybody thought he should be a you know top 10 draft pick but the only right reason why people thought that was because that's where the mocks had him yeah and the mocks were being manipulated yep to, I, I don't, for, I don't for the agree. indianapolis colts to to uh to get anthony richardson you know yeah I don't disagree. Again, you know, definitely not his fault, but the hype machine is going to cause him to be a bust when he's not an all-world, all-pro quarterback. Yeah, I'd be curious to know, and uh, if I knew this one was coming, or I would have done a little bit more preparation. But just look at former second-round quarterbacks, like mm. Jordan Love was taken in the first round. Yeah, you know, he hasn't played yet. Mm-mm. You know, so we don't know. You know, you got uh, the cat really San with, Francisco with, who. Uh, you know, who missed but, his whole first year as a starter right. with an injury, you know? It's quarterback. Quarterbacks really either they're like top 10 picks or the best one, like the good ones are like first round picks, like Peyton Manning, or they're like end of the draft, the Tom Brady's. The yeah, one Drew pick 199. Like like the way yeah. down there picks, right? Yeah. I, Drew, I just uh, think that it's much harder for him to buzz, be considered a buzz when he's picked in the second round. Sure. That's probably, that's probably fair. I mean, do you consider Malik Willis a bust? So like I think depends he on your was definition a third of round. bust. I mean yeah he's like I don't think he's an NFL quarterback, but he wasn't drafted high enough I guess to be considered a bust by definition. But right. more maybe more like like if you're an early draft pick you're a bust. If it's later you're just a miss or a flop or something like that. Yeah. But like a there's just you've got there's got to be risks there. You've mm-hmm. got to take a risk and then yeah. it the risk not pay off. I feel like Will Levis in the second round was not a risk at all. No, it wasn't a risk, but it wasn't the pick that we needed. We needed receiver help, which has been well documented on this podcast as well as the Twitter app. But um, yeah, we'll see. Okay. I guess we'll see. Yep. Uh, staying with Kirk, will the Cardinals ever stop breaking my heart? And I'll go first. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, currently, uh, our teams are squaring off. The Chicago mm-hmm. Cubs, who are uh, 17 and, I don't know, 20 something. 30-something. Not good. Not good. <laughs> I had it pulled up just a second ago. The uh, St. Louis Cardinals are have won 17 games on the year. They are pathetic, and uh, they are losing to your Cubs. The Cardinals currently sit with the worst record in the National League uh, at 13-24. and 24. Chicago's at 17-19. and 19. Uh, The only teams that have won less games than the St. Louis Cardinals are the Kansas City Royals. Mm-hmm. The Chicago White Sox, which is kind of surprising to me. Yeah. And uh, the absolute hapless, depressing Oakland Athletics. Who've already mailed it in, and it's not even yeah. June yet. <laughs> I mean, they are, they've are they mailed it in so hard that their announcer assumed nobody was watching and dropped the N-word. Yeah, dropped a racial slur. Like, <laughs> national, and the other guy didn't even blink. <laughs> yeah, just... just He just dropped a hard R right there on And the other guy television. just sat there holding his mic. Like... 
Good, good point, Bob. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, speaking of the A's, have you seen their stadium that they're uh, proposing in Vegas? No, no, but I've seen their stadium that they're in in, in Oakland, and if they, they dropped a bomb on it, it would kill tens of people. Yeah, they, they, uh, I saw today on, on uh, earlier today on Twitter there was a video, and there was more security guards and ushers than fans. And good for the fans. I wouldn't yeah. be there either. No. And and we're just rewarding bad ownership. It's not going to change a ton. If you keep the same owners and moving out there, they don't spend any money when they move to Vegas. But their stadium would be nice, although confusing because it's built on the old side of the Tropicana in Vegas. And when I think Tropicana, I think Tampa Rays. Yeah, that's the first um, thing I thought of. Right, so it'll be confusing. And then they've got this roof. You'll need to look it up, and our listeners, you should look it up. I don't know if it's an open-lit roof, if it's a mirror, if it's, like, pixelated, but it looks like a starry night. Good luck on a routine pop-up with that thing because the, the picture they had, it looks kind of, like, purplish. And so, again, good luck trying to field a routine pop fly on that thing. Yeah, that I, that's the last thing you want to do is to put sparklies in yeah. the skyline you know yeah uh, so again uh, listeners if you haven't looked it up look up the drawings the outside looks incredible it's got a big ball for the dome in the middle it looks awesome but on the inside oh, that's it's stupid it's like how would you, you make the you dome doing? a big baseball i know i know okay again, yeah so anyway they're trying to be all super trendy but uh but yeah back to the original question at hand no and, and it's wild because like I mean, you've got Nolan Arenado, you've got Paul Goldschmidt, you've got some talent there, but like, yeah. just not piecing it together this year for whatever reason. Two of the better hitters in the league, particularly in Paul Goldschmidt, but um, yeah, the, the uh, reigning NL MVP. Yeah. And it, what's strange to me is it feels like they are fighting so hard, like almost too hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when the boxer gets up there and they get hit a few times, but and instead of countering, they just close their eyes and start swinging their fists. You know. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, they have pulled Wilson Contreras and put him in the DH slash outfield role, which is mm-hmm. stupid because he yeah. was the hand pick. He was hand picked by Yachty to be his replacement. But right. they re- reports came out that he wasn't doing a good job calling pitches and didn't have a good feel for the game. He struggled with that in Chicago. He that's you know, he didn't call a ton of pitches. They were relayed into him. Right. But then, like, all the pitchers backed him up when they it came out that they were making the move to put him at DH. All the pitchers came out and said, well, you know, you need to blame us. We're not doing very good. We're not executing, you know. And so, for a guy that just showed up, first year on the team, you know, and even um, Jack Flaherty came out, who is our ace, who has always had problems with some injuries. He came out and he said, look at what Dexter Fowler did or Marcelo Zuna or all these free agents that we've got. Even – Arenado and Goldschmidt, their first year here, they struggled. It's a new mm-hmm. team. It's a new environment. And sometimes it takes a year to get adjusted and yeah. to just kind of wreck his whole aura, his whole confidence yeah. in the first month and a half of the season seems questionable to me. Because he was a great defensive catcher in Chicago. He had his right. laser arm. I mean, he, you know, uh, no, no Yadier Molina, but he was a great, great catcher. Uh, and there man, is no Yachty or Molina. And that's what I made the comment to one of my buddies at work today who's a Cardinals fan. It's like, I hope that they're not grading him on the Yachty or Molina scale. Because mm-hmm. that's not fair to anybody. Yeah. That's like following up like Bear Bryant or Joe Namath or Peyton Manning. Like, you're not going to yeah. live up to that height. Uh, disagree. T. Martin won a national championship. That's fair. That's fair. Well, so. With Peyton, with the rest <laughs> of Peyton's team. That's fair. Peyton didn't do it. 
That's right. <laughs> um, all right. So non-sports related from Kirk. How did we figure out there was no oxygen in space? Well, this is in the history books. Have you not read it? Well, it was just done in a in a lot in Hollywood, right? <laughs> no, that's not what I was referring to. Oh. No, uh, before Neil Armstrong, they sent another man to the moon, and he took his helmet off and died. <laughs> and they're like, oh, crap, we got to fix this. And <laughs> that's when they came up with the helmets. <laughs> Actually, when Sputnik went up with a monkey in it. That's I who, thought it was that, a monkey. Found out. Yeah. yeah, it was a monkey that went up there and couldn't <laughs> breathe. And like, well, he can't breathe. I can't breathe. We need to wear these helmets. What would PETA have done if they were oh, around Lord. back in the day? Have you, you seen you sent a monkey in a spaceship with no, with I mean it was a one way ticket and everybody knew it and they just threw a monkey in there for, for no apparent reason whatsoever. Just because because they're the Russians and they can. Yeah. They're just mean. Awesome. <laughs> Speaking of PETA, have you seen some of the the billboards in this? They're in this war with this town in Maryland. Have you seen this? No. So they put up a this town in Maryland is a restaurant put up a a billboard with a blue crab on it because they're known for their soft shell right. blue crab up there and I forget what the original one said and Peta's put up one next to it that said like this is not food or whatever so they put right. one back up and the crab had Old Bay all over it and it's like that's better <laughs> like it, it's this billboard war going on in Maryland between Peta and some restaurant I'm here for it <laughs> uh, I'll um, always laugh at the billboard that Peter put up and it has in a row it's got a cat few dogs another cat few dogs a bunny rabbit a horse and then a chicken and a cow and a pig and another cow and another chicken and it says animals want to live where do you draw the line between pet and food and somebody got up there and spray painted a line in between the horse and the chicken it said right about here yeah <laughs> i like that and then, and then they'll put on their social media like a picture of like a cute little pig or a deer it's like how can you eat these innocent creatures and some old redneck puts on there like are you looking for recipes or is this rhetorical <laughs> yeah. like like this yeah. you put in the pan little butter little listen it's no secret <laughs> I, I grew up a bit of redneck. It is what it is. Um, and I had a T-shirt when I was a kid, and it had a picture of a deer, duck, and turkey on it. And it said, there's a place for all God's creatures right next to the taters and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, that's true. And I uh, did Mississippi no favors with that comment. So moving right along. Um, back to your bride, Miss Haley Gann. What belongs in or on popcorn? I'm a simple man. Butter. All the butter you can fit in it. Do you do the butter at the movie theaters? Yes. Mm. Extra butter. What What do you do? I just take it out of the tub and eat it. But I mean, there's butter on the popcorn. Well, sure, but I don't act like I don't ask them like to take that off. But like I'm talking about, do you go over and like pump that synthetic? Oh, butter they don't all have that it. at the Malcolm and Corinth anymore. Oh, oh gotcha. <laughs> no, it's straight up, but it it's buttery, which is what I yeah. like. And I'm good yeah, with that. Yeah. You know, and Haley, you know, the Haley and the kids when do a movie night, they want to go get some M&Ms and throw some M&Ms in there. And That's great. I have no problem. But yeah. I'm eating the popcorn and then at the bottom of the bowl are all the M&Ms, then I'm eating the M&Ms. Like I'm not I'm not whole handfuls popcorn and M&Ms. See, that's a pretty good move because that chocolate gets a little melty and soft. You pop that in, it's pretty and it tasty, so- man. Yeah, a little, a little salty, a little sweet. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's good, but yeah. I'm not I'm not it's not trail mix for me. I mean, right. one at a time, right. not getting a and handful. I've, I've tried some of those fancy seasoning, like the cheese and the ranch, and that nah, doesn't do much for none me. None of them are just, as good as just, yeah. uh, I've told Haley, uh, this is a question I'll pose to you just real quick off the top of your head. Uh, I'm snobby about it, just a couple things. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to popcorn, if we mm-hmm. buy popcorn, I want the uh, movie theater, butter lovers, whatever it is, you know, just 100%. butter explosion. Same you know? one. And peanut butter. Do not get me anything other than Jif. It can be creamy or crunchy. Yes. But don't give me almond butter. Don't give me, you know, cocoa butter. Whatever. And don't give me the great value or the Kroger brand. Like, I want Jif peanut butter, and I want the biggest thing you can get. I think I've got right. the all-natural creamy right now. I go I go back and forth like you. I want crunchy, creamy. I mix it up. I'm don't, not just discriminating on that. But, but see, I, want, I don't even want the all-natural. I want just the, the blue Jif lid. peanut butter. The red lid. The red lid. Yep. Uh-huh. The blue lid is the crunchy. Right. I don't want the organic. I don't want the gluten-free. I, they don't have the same. They don't stick to the roof of my mouth like I like The it natural too. does. The Jif natural does. Because some of those other ones, that get separated. And you got, I don't want to work for my peanut butter. I want to right. buy it already mixed. Like you see the ones got the oil on top. It's like mixed before you enjoy it. I'm like, no, no. I'm paying you to work. do that. I'm paying yeah. you to do that. You know, like Ted Lasso says, you know, just leave the leave the lid off the peanut butter and stick your finger in it. That's what <laughs> I want to do. <laughs> if you look at my peanut butter right now, it doesn't have knife marks from making sandwiches. It's got spoon marks from taking bites <laughs> yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I slice up an apple and use my apple as the vehicle to get the peanut butter to my mouth. Mm, yeah. I mean, there are other vehicles. Vanilla wafers, apples, different yeah. things, spoons, fingers, Bits whatever. crackers, another, mm-hmm. number two for me. Mm. Uh, solid choice. I ate a peanut butter and banana sandwich for lunch today, and you cannot beat it. I had my pre-workout today before the gym was a peanut butter jelly sandwich, and it's hard to beat. Yeah. Do you, on peanut butter and banana, do you slice your bananas, or do you mix it all together? So I slice mine lengthwise uh-huh. and put it on the sandwich. No, that's not the way Elvis would like. Mm. Well, Elvis I, would fry I his, smush too, right? it, I, I smoosh it all together. However, for peanut butter and jelly, I want one side of each i don't mm. mix that together mm. i know it's a little bit of a paradox there yes. but that's what i believe the way the lord intends it to be <laughs> you know there you go all right next up uh get back into sports what do you think about the lakers killing the warriors right now I think it's a prime example of what we talked about on this podcast like i think the lakers did just what they needed to do to get into the playoffs and then they got to the playoffs and they turned it on and they finally gelled. Because you think about it, they were a brand new team after the trade deadline and they got better and better and better. They got to the playoffs. They turned it on. You're getting an every other game, 30 piece from Anthony Davis. LeBron is playing great basketball. You've got role players stepping up and Rui and uh, Austin Reeves. And speaking of, did you see what Austin Reeves told uh, LeBron the other day? Mm-mm. No, uh, he told him it, it was going to resurface a Facebook post to him. Uh, saying, uh, why didn't Kobe ever call LeBron? Because no rings. And he's like, I was I was hating on you back in 2012, just so you know. And <laughs> LeBron said, it's okay, little brother. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm stunned. I'll be honest with you. And I watched the Grizzlies play six games against the Lakers. I knew the Lakers were good. And I knew that Golden State was flawed, but that core has got four rings together. Yeah. Uh, and so, What's- yeah, I'm stunned. And, and I'm not... I'm not saying it's over. No. But I I would bet that and obviously Vegas agrees, you know, I would yeah. bet the farm on on the Lakers right now just cuz I think it's hard to beat any team 3 times in a row. Mm-hmm. However, to me, the bigger story has been Golden State. Yeah. I mean, they had a chance to tie that game and they turned the ball over and got the ball back, turned the ball over again. It's like they're just they're not playing together. They're not playing that yeah. team 
basketball, and they've always had a little bit of a problem turning it over. Yeah. But when when it matters, they turn it up, and they can't find that next level against this team. Right, and Jordan Poole got his bag and checked out. He has been non-existent in the playoffs. Draymond has not been playing very well either. And I don't know if you saw, but they posted uh, in 2016, I guess it was, with LeBron's with the Cavs, they ran that same little play that they tried to run the other night, and it worked. And Clay hit that corner three to, to put him ahead for good. And they tried that play the other night, and LeBron saw it coming and put somebody on Clay in the corner, and that's when Draymond threw it to Anthony Davis. Right. You know what's funny about that, and like I said, I give credit to the people I heard it from, uh, Chris Vernon. That's called a hammer screen. Right, yeah. Okay? Uh, that screen is named after a former player who used to play in the NBA, Darvin Ham, <laughs> the coach of the Lakers. Yeah. Golden State, with the game on the line, ran a screen, a pl- an action screen called the hammer screen, against Darwin Ham's team. Like, <laughs> take, and take yeah, that. and that that play encapsulates what LeBron is now. Mm-hmm. He is the smartest player on the basketball court. He's always been the big the freak athlete, the biggest, the strongest, the fastest. He's too big for the guards. He's too fast for the big guys. He is the greatest player of our generation. There is no doubt about it. Um but he is thirty eight years old now and he, the most astonishing part for me, the most amazing part of watching LeBron is how he's aged into a different era and how he's he's taken his, you know, I mean, he gets tired easy and he is able to affect the game the same amount, but in a different role. And it's incredible uh, to watch him call out that defensive play mm-hmm. while it was happening mm-hmm. and that he's got the gravitas in that locker room. Obviously, he's LeBron, but yeah. that Jared Vanderbilt just said, Screw it. I don't know what I was supposed to do, but LeBron's telling me to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go. You know, Uh, it's incredible. Yeah, I don't disagree. Maybe not the best player of my generation. Um, I grew up watching Michael Jordan, but it's like having a second coach on the floor. Because, like, Darvin Ham sees one thing from the sideline, and then LeBron's in the heat, and that's the big thing. Not only is he he executing defense, but he's calling out, hey, they're doing this, go over there. It's like having – like Ray Lewis, all over, like same right. thing in the NFL. Like they know exactly what's coming. They get their guys in the right position. Having two coaches is a stark advantage for the Lakers and one that's obviously serving them well against a flawed Golden State team. And I mean, there are smart basketball players all over the NBA. Yeah. You know, Steph Curry is a smart basketball player. High IQ players all over the place. Uh, and they're high IQ players that are not winners per se. They, right. they can't, but LeBron is both. Yeah. And, and Anthony Davis, the whole series, uh, we said it going into it, the series depends on Anthony Davis, and he's taken two games off, and they just happened to win one of them by accident, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, if Anthony da- – I think that Golden State wins tonight at home in game five. This series is playing out exactly like the Grizzlies series, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. The Lakers have stolen game one on the road and then lost game two – won both games at their place game three and four mm-hmm. and it's all going to come down to i think golden state wins tonight and it comes down Probably. to having to win a game six on the road yeah. the lakers humiliated the grizzlies at game six on the road mm-hmm. and we'll got to see what golden state will do <laughs> see if they can show up on their home court and uh, golden state usually plays pretty well at home the place gets loud um I think, I think you're, I think they win tonight. 10 o'clock tip for those of you who want to stay up on the East coast, nine o'clock in the West. We do have one fight or in the central this town. Is, we do have 
one final. The Knicks beat the Heat tonight, 112-103, to draw that series to three games to two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, real quick fun fact about Golden State is if they lose this series, it will be the first series that Steve Kerr has lost in the playoffs to a Western Conference team. Oh, wow. They've only lost in the finals. Finals, yeah. So, uh, I mean, you got four rings. And it was to LeBron. You lost, you lost uh, a finals to LeBron. And, I mean, did they lose the finals to anyone else? No. No, because they've only lost that one time. They played that LeBron like passed. three times in a row, and they won, they bookended it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. One, two, beat the Celtics last year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I think LeBron gets it done, though. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we get a, a Nuggets-Lakers-Western Conference final, but we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. Uh, next up, more of a statement. Uh, Haley misunderstood the assignment on this one. More of a statement. Uh, women's college softball is on, and it's better than you think. I, I agree that it's better than I think. I give it the proper credit. Uh, my problem is just time in the day. Yeah. <laughs> and there's things that I like more. I did sit down and watch uh, part. So last Saturday, uh, Haley was leading a women's con- leading worship at a women's conference outside Tupelo. So me and the baby and Braxton stayed at home. And so as I was putting the baby down for a nap, I got in the rocking chair and turned on TV. And the only thing on that I cared about watching was Ole Miss softball. There you go. And they were playing Alabama. And Alabama is dominant in women's softball. I think they put up the overall record in the series, and it was like 49 to 12 or something like that, <laughs> Alabama versus Ole Miss. Yeah. And Ole Miss was up by one going into the top of the seventh. They were playing at Ole Miss, and with two outs, Alabama hit a two-run home run, and it was over. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's Ole Miss sports. They break our hearts. Yeah. You know, last year Mississippi State had a Cinderella run into the uh, the NCAA tournament, made a super regional, and got beat by Arizona, but – had a great run um, this year. We're, we're terrible. We're seven and 16 in conference. We're not that great this year, but I agree. I love watching the women's college world series. It's a good I'm product. Like you, yeah. I'm like you drew. There's plenty of other things I'd rather watch as far as regular season games, but I love watching the women's college world series. I will watch every game when they get to the finals there. Absolutely love that. And I agree. If you haven't watched the women's college world series, at least start there. It's a fun product. I mean, I I got into it a few years back. Ole Miss made a run, you know, through the SEC tournament, ended up winning the tournament. A mm-hmm. girl named Caitlin Lee was the pitcher. And in softball, you know, you pitch basically every game. Right. And uh, she was a firecracker and fun to watch. Oh, yeah, I remember. They were scrappy. And uh, they made a run uh, to the Supers, but then they ran up against, like, Oklahoma or UCLA or one of those powerhouse teams. Yeah. Was over. But, yeah, you know, it – it's not, I mean, there are, I struggle watching women's college basketball. I've said that on here. You know, I watch too much men's basketball that it just kind of bores me a little bit. Sure. And I hate to say that, but I'll just be honest. Uh, softball does not have that same problem for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Next up. How do you feel about Ole Miss and Mississippi State not making it into the SEC tournament? I'm not surprised. Um, I was hopeful there for a little stretch, but I'm not surprised as bad as our pitching's been bad as just fielding uh, the wheels on the bus are coming off. Uh, I've heard some rumors. That there is a chance that limo might be gone at the end of the year. I don't think that's the move. He, he fired his assistant coaches. I think he'll get another year, but um, 
I think there there's some rumors they were kind of waiting to see how some of the other coaches' deals fell and see what they could afford um, now that Purcell and Jans have signed their extensions. Uh, there's a chance he could be gone, but anyway, back to the question. I'm not – I'm disappointed but not surprised. I mean, I'm obviously surprised. I'm surprised Mississippi State is not in it. I mean, you got to think. We're talking the SEC tournament. 12 out of 14 teams make it. The Mississippi team should never miss the SEC. No, I, absolutely. Baseball runs through the state of Mississippi and the SEC. Yeah. And, and, like, I don't know. I still, I, I, as bad as our pitching has been, if you'd told me before the year, maybe I'm different. Like, I was, I would be surprised before the season. But after watching the first two series, I knew, and I said on this podcast, it's going to be a long year because of pitching. Yeah. Well, I mean, sure. If you're asking me right now, based on how the season has went, if I'm surprised. Well, no, we've sucked. But going into the season, which is, I think, the spirit of the question, I mean, obviously, I mean, I thought we were going to be competing for a, a host spot. I mean, you just won a national title. You returned enough, and you got some transfers that you were excited about. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the transfers hadn't played horribly. Yeah. I We just couldn't pitch the ball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm shocked. I'm stunned. I think it's abhorrent. You know, I don't, I still don't think we're as bad as we are. We just don't have the, um, call it experience. If you want to be nice, call it the guts. If you want to be real, you just don't have that killer instinct to finish a game. You Mm -hmm. hadn't had it all year. You haven't developed it. And in the SEC where it's competitive and you've got to win close games, you've got to have a killer mindset. You've got, you can't be shy about the moment. And that's what this team has been this year. Yeah, we just lack killer instinct as well. We can't you know, get out of our own way in the field. You know, the other day against Arkansas on Friday, our pitching showed up. Kate Smith had a phenomenal game, and offense didn't show up. And then the rest of the year, the offense has shown up, and pitching hasn't. So it's been a disappointment. But um, yeah, like Ole Miss, this Ole Miss just went to Missouri. Uh, you know, with two series to go on the year, or three series to go on the year, and you're at 16 losses. You've got Missouri, Auburn, and uh, Alabama, which are, is not a daunting schedule at all, you know you had to win all of them. It, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not deluded enough to think, you know, I, I, I'm i a realist when it comes to Ole Miss. I, the odds are 1% but mm-hmm. to win every single game, but that's what you had to do. And you blow a 9-2 to two lead in the Thursday night game of a weekend against Missouri, who came in with the same record you do. Yep. Uh, you just can't do it. And then you get run-ruled on Friday and then on Saturday in game three, you put up a 20 spot and your catcher hits four home runs and you win by four, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, uh, it just, you know, it, it's frustrating. And, uh, I'm curious. I think it puts Ole Miss in a weird situation because obviously you're not firing Mike Bianco. Unlike Lamonis, Mike Bianco built this program, you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, when his head was on in the gallows, he won a national championship. <laughs> won you a title, yeah. Yeah. And so he's not going anywhere. No. Uh, not this year, not next year, not the next year. Yeah. And so uh, he's going to have to figure it out, and he's going to have to figure out how to play the game. We've talked about it on this podcast. He's got to figure out how to play the game and to yeah. get these these players to mesh for one year. Yep. That, that's the game now. And so um, we'll, we'll see. But yeah. I can tell you it's not going to be acceptable to miss the SEC tournament or – the NCAA tournament next year. Nope, not at all. 
and that's where we're at with Lamonis. So he's missed it back-to-back years. You get one shot to fire your assistants. It still may not be enough. Uh, there was an interview done by uh, our favorite Mississippi State podcaster, Mr. Steve Robertson. No, uh, with, do you, get, I, well, you do not speak his name. I hate Steve Robertson. Of course you do. And he, he, did, he did an amazing service for Ole Miss with getting Hugh Freeze fired. Mm-hmm. But I cannot stand that man. And the guy just reported the news that was given to him. But he was he was hunting through phone records trying to find the demise of Hugh Freeze that landed in his lap from an anonymous source. That's well yeah. documented. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we'll get into more baseball here in just a little bit. Um, next up from Haley, why do naps hit different on a school bus? Uh, they don't. Mm. First, uh, don't let my wife fool you. She was on a she sent that from a school bus on a field trip yesterday. How do you sleep on that? You don't, but uh, you got to think. You got to consider the source here. Yeah. Uh, and the source is my wife, who can sleep anywhere. Mm, there's, there's not a vehicular seat that she can't sleep in. <laughs> I did see something the other day. It said, "Could you imagine being a little kid? It must be terrifying to fall asleep in your house and then you wake up in Walmart." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I disagree. They don't hit different on school buses because they don't hit it they don't all. Hit it all. Yeah. Uh, what's Much the best like a Mississippi State offense? Hey, well, we normally <laughs> hit, man. It's not the offense except for Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what's the best Wi-Fi name you've ever seen? I had one of my previous neighbors was Stop Stealing the Wi-Fi. I don't know if that was just a, a joke or if it was a thing. And then my current one is, mine is Dunder Mifflin, and my password is, this is Pam. <laughs> oh, that's good. I, uh, when I was in college, I made my Wi-Fi password on the fridge. And so when people would ask what my Wi-Fi password was, I'd say on the fridge and they would go to the fridge looking for a piece of paper that had the Wi-Fi password on it. And I just wouldn't say anything. <laughs> so they'd search forever. And they're like, what's the Wi-Fi password? I said, on the fridge. <laughs> and they're like, it's not on the fridge. And I was like, no. It is actually. <laughs> it is on the fridge. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, we got three more. Uh, the This is an obvious one, and if you think different, you're a communist. But uh, Haley says, does toilet paper go over or does it come under? It goes over. It goes over. The patent says it goes over. So it goes yeah. over. Next uh, question. I don't have to reach for it if it's, under, <laughs> no. if it's over. No, and it, it, tear, it, it tears and funky. It's not. No, absolutely. Always goes over. Yeah. One more from Haley, and then we got a, a – <laughs> Haley – uh, she just sets it down on the closest flat surface. That's what she does. <laughs> there it is. Uh, then what would you call a male ladybug? A bug. Just a, a fella bug? Or yeah. Just a bug? Yeah. Male, a male ladybug, just a bug. Yeah. That red and black bug over there. <laughs> yeah. I'm, there is there a difference? How can you tell? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not looking at a ladybug close enough to figure it out. Don't know that I could. <laughs> nope. And then lastly, from my buddy Caleb Coblentz here in Myrtle Beach, are aliens real? That depends on what you define as an alien. If, I'm not crazy enough to think that there's not some kind of amoeba out there. Mm-hmm. Like, but Are there little I, green people running around in spaceships? Yeah, uh, now, I, I, I don't know that there's an advanced civilization out there. There's been a lot more documentation released by the U.S. government that they've been finding UFOs for years and years and years and releasing footage of it. But just because it's a UFO doesn't mean it's a little green alien, right? Right, right. So I'm like, you know, if if I'm supposed to trust grainy footage from the 1960s video camera, then you're going to have to give me some other, you know, proof. 
especially and no offense to our good buddy and esteemed colleague on the podcast, Aaron Ivey from some backwoods family in Kentucky that's got 12 teeth amongst three generations saying, I seen an alien in the black pasture. Yeah. If you want to know what a redneck is, watch the local news. <laughs> that's it. Uh, uh, James Gregory had a great bit, the comedian, about that. Like, why do they always pick the redneckiest person to do those interviews? They go straight to the trailer park when there's been a tornado and pick the most redneck person they can. <laughs> I always laugh when the clip comes out of them interviewing people in line at the gas station to buy Powerball tickets, yeah. you know? Yeah. And the one guy, they said, what are you going to do if you win the Powerball? And he says, cocaine and hookers. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> My boy. <laughs> so, All right. Uh, that's, uh, thanks again. Yeah. And she's just like, and back to you, Bob. <laughs> that's it. What do you say to that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, my favorite will always be it was in um, uh, Bahalia, Mississippi, not too far from you there, heading towards Memphis. Um, they're interviewing this girl about this uh, uh, this robbery at the gas station, and she's like the high school age girl. She's doing the interview, and all of a sudden she goes, Whew, I got to pee. And she's, <laughs> the, the interviewer's like, okay. And she goes, I'm peeing. <laughs> oh, no. And she's like, I just peed my pants. And the lady's like, then back to you in the studio. <laughs> Did you see where a person in Corinth, Mississippi won a million dollars? on the lottery and they've that. yet to come forward and claim I, it i don't think it's tennessee a state that you have that you have to disclose it's mississippi they oh, won they the mississippi lottery. Lottery. yeah well how about that yeah million dollars but uh as of last reporting nobody stay, has ha, nobody has uh claimed it some states you can stay anonymous but um I don't know but if they still claim it though right 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 this has not been claimed oh gotcha when uh a few years ago 20 19 i guess there was a mega millions that got up to like four or five hundred million and somebody in south carolina won it and i woke up to 19 text messages and three missed calls like uh, i looked at my phone and i'm like uh so kind of dig some dig deep dug deeper and i didn't even have a single number right but yeah it weren't it weren't me <laughs> it weren't me but yeah what thanks you got for us buckets that's it. That's all the questions from our fans. Thanks for uh, uh, participating, guys. I'll keep posting those. Those seem to be uh, winners. We enjoy them, at least. We appreciate yeah. y'all asking questions. And please, if you're listening, when I post those, give us give us your best question, man. We, we won't shy away from it. We are a PG-ish podcast, but uh, otherwise, we'll answer your questions and let you know our thoughts about life's pressing issues. We are PG with some innuendos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said PG-ish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, no, di- no direct derogatory humor, but definitely some inferred. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna have to be our bio. It's like uh, PG with some innuendos. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> we it. We didn't say it, but you got there. <laughs> but you got there. It's like uh, like when you go watch a little kid movie, like Shrek or whatever. Like they got all the little kid humors, but they're these quick There's... one-liners that you know are for the adults there with right. their kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, so first up, as we dive into sports a little bit, the All-NBA team was released yesterday, or excuse me, today, and there were some obvious uh, names that were left off. I found some interesting choices on on the first name. Have you seen the lists? I've seen it. Uh, I I remember some names, but uh, yeah. I'll, I'll roll through them. We'll start with the first team. We'll kind of roll through them, and then we'll get our get your thoughts, and we'll kind of talk about that for a little bit. Your 2022-2023 All-NBA teams. First team is Giannis Antetokounmpo. No-brainer. Bucks, no-brainer. Jason Tatum from the Seas. No-brainer. Joel Embiid. 
No brainer. You're in your NBA MVP uh, of flops and of the league. Yeah. Um, Bad look. I, there's, I don't think there's been a more hated MVP recently, but disagree. Maybe. I hated James Harden much more. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I forgot about that. Definitely not uh, Jokic. But uh, then Luka Doncic from the Mavs. Oh, I mean, he's a no-brainer to me. I mean, you don't let the record fool you. He's incredible. See, and that's the thing. Like, I and, – and you may disagree with me on this, and that's fine, but I value a guy that's important to a good team, to a team that makes the playoffs, that is that is that is a good player on a good team. And Luka oh, is – Oh, well, I mean, listen. They didn't listen. make the playoffs. And, and I'll say there was a, a little skinny number 12 for the Memphis Grizzlies that had much better stats this year um, that I thought maybe been more deserving. Um. Well, considering skinny number 12, he did not get the votes because he brandished a gun in a nightclub, and that, that was the tiebreaker. Obvious, obvious um, reason he wasn't on this list, and it cost him about $40 million. Yeah. Uh, regarding Luka, uh, he's incredible. When it was his team, he had no help. Mm-hmm. And then they sent what help he did have right, for Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving, and yeah. they went from the fifth or sixth seed to out of the playoffs. So yeah. there's a there's a clear line of uh a line in the sand that was drawn in that series like you can you can draw a line on the schedule and say this is when Kyrie got mm-hmm. there and this is when and Kyrie Kyrie is the killer of all things good when it comes to basketball mm-hmm. and so yeah I don't hold that against Luca nor should you he's incredible yeah no I, and I he should be uh, you can say that maybe he shouldn't have been first team I, that's it. That's my thing. Maybe there's some guy. There's a there's one guy on the second team uh, specifically that I'll, I that Donovan Mitchell I thought maybe was a little bit more deserving, but that's fair. Luka Doncic is fine. He's a great player. It's just I just on the first team I have a hard time with guys that aren't in the playoffs that aren't still playing. Right. And maybe that's just personal, but well, I mean and, you want Ja in there, so yeah. Well, that that made the playoffs that were playing <laughs> that played past the end of April. Um, and then finally, uh, SGA, Shy Gilgis Alexander from your Oklahoma City Thunder was a first team, first time, first team all NBA selection. Good for SGA. And, and he deserved that. He I, had a I'm, great uh, year. I was glad to see him do it. And honestly, I'm glad to see that voters did not necessarily just pick the best, best player off the best team. Like you had to go watch SGA. And if you watch SGA this year, he was absolutely phenomenal. He deserved first team. I yeah. figured he would get second or third team just because they were in the play-in. They got didn't make it to the playoffs, you know, whatever. Uh, without him, that team is absolute garbage. 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 With him, they're going to be dangerous going forward. Yeah, if Chet can get healthy and they can keep that core together, they'll be great. But SGA had a great year, so good on him for his first first team All-NBA selection um second team is full of familiar names steph curry donovan mitchell jimmy buckets uh jokic and jalen brown were your second team all nba players no issues Um, with any of those guys yeah i don't have an issue with that possible future grizz jalen brown uh fingers crossed um you know two of my favorite players of all time are jimmy butler and steph curry um you got one I, out of two. Well, I I love watching Steph Curry. He's he's fun to watch. Um, I hate the Golden State Warriors. So I, mm. yes, I can't have my cake and eat it too. No, um, because of that, I'm not a Steph Curry fan. Either. Uh, Steph Curry got a legacy vote here. I mean, yeah. he was what great. his best year. He but, was great, but it well, wasn't he his was best great. Year. He he just didn't play as many games. You know. Uh, 
same way, and you'll get there. Uh, there was a couple honorary NBA in the, oh, third, the third team. team. I'll go ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, Damian Lillard, De'Aaron Fox, which was a great call. LeBron James, mm-hmm. Julius Randle, and uh, DeMontis sent a Sabonis from Sacramento was your third team. Yeah, so uh, LeBron was incredible. Uh, he deserved to be on it. Damian Lillard was an honorary pick. I mean, he didn't play a lot of games, but, man, when he was playing, he was incredible. I mean, I was in Memphis so, when uh, at the end of the first quarter he had like six points, and at the start of the third he had – or at the midway through the third third quarter he had 36, and it just happened like that. Well, so uh, with all these teams now, it'd be interesting to look at going forward. You know, the rules change next year. Mm-hmm. So first, they're going positionless with all NBA. So it'll be the – Top five vote getters, regardless of position. So, in years past, you know, Jokic has always been first team, and Embiid's right. always been second team. Even though it's argument could be made they were the two best players in basketball, but they only allow for one center position. Right now, it's just the top five vote getters, which uh, not a real big fan of, but whatever. I agree. Um, you look at guys like De'Aaron Fox, who's third team. He could have easily been the third best guard. You know, yeah. in this in this top NBA, uh, um, all NBA, you know, De'Aaron Fox had an incredible year. Um, so Sabonis, Sabonis was a walking double, double this year. Had a great year. So yeah, good on him and, for, for know, making 13, you know, maybe he should, he's the center. So you only get three centers in the all NBA teams. Mm-hmm. And so maybe Sabonis gets first team. If you allow three, centers to three centers they're in the top mm-hmm. five vote getters you know yeah. so yeah um i don't looking at the list i don't think there's any glaring omissions i know what happened with jaw i think right. that's an omission but i get it but but understandably why and it yeah. cost him the, it's the difference in what 235 million and 195 million in his contract because if he was an all nba then he's eligible for the super max and now he's just eligible for the max so the grizz now have uh 40 million in cap space to play with well and what's interesting about this uh bobby marks tweeted out you know that the nba has these uh super max designations that kick in an extra level if you make an all nba team because jalen brown and jason tatum both made all nba teams Jason Tatum's uh, eligible to sign a five-year, $318 million contract now. Man. And Jalen Brown is eligible for a five-year, $295 million contract. That that is, by quick math, uh, what is 300 divided by five is $60 million? Yeah. Man. Fit that into your underneath the luxury tax i got four first dare. round draft picks and uh uh and a Clark. <laughs> yeah yeah so um that's not going to get Jalen brown i'll tell you that right now <laughs> it's going to take everybody yeah so uh yeah that uh, the yeah. grizzlies front office may have been hoping that he did not make that you know yeah Maybe get but I think that was a pipe dream, anyways. Absolutely, he's not one that we're gonna we're really gonna be able to get without having to give up one of the big three. And I'm not interested as as much as it would as much as that would be an upgrade. I'm not interested in giving up a Desmond Bain for Jalen Brown. I'd give up Desmond Bain. So I was gonna ask that: Is think, there anyone you would trade of the big three to get a Jalen Brown? 
only him, but it would have to be a sweet deal outside of him. You know? I wouldn't I wouldn't want to give up all of our first round picks. Like right. there'd have to be Des maybe one or two and Tyus or and and John or offload like Conchar or uh Santi or something like that. Yeah, you've got to take Dylan Brooks. Well, in the sign and trade. <laughs> yeah, there it goes. Like that's your punishment. Yeah. Uh but I don't think that'll happen. They're not getting rid of Desmond Bain, and nor should they. I don't no. I you know. We, but, we're a big chemistry team. We're all about chemistry. We don't wanna don't wanna mess that up. Yeah. But hey, speaking of changing teams, I know you wanted to talk about Hunter Davidson for a minute, the kid from uh, Michigan that's transferring to Kansas. Well, I just thought his comments were interesting, and this isn't a topic that we'll spend a lot of time on. Did you see it? Um, yes, I saw. Uh, I saw what he said. Yeah, so basically Hunter Davidson, who was uh, all NCAA contributor for Michigan this year, a legacy guy's daddy was played there. Uh, has two years left remaining there, and he is one of those guys that's going to be a college player. He doesn't really translate to the pros. Uh, one of those kind of, you know, slow-footed centers that really make a huge impact in college but don't really translate. Uh, left Michigan and announced he was going to Kansas, and when asked why he chose Kansas, he just admitted it, and I respected it. It was money. Uh, and he, <laughs> to all of his detractors, he said, all y'all would leave y'all's job for a $10,000 pay raise. And that's what I did. And I respect it. It was a lot more than $10,000, though. He is on yeah. record with saying that I never got more than six figures in Michigan. So he's getting a bag in Kansas. And you're right. He's a slow-footed center, like most Big Ten centers as of late. Um, not going to make a big splash in the NBA, but going to get some money in an NIL deal by transferring to Kansas and the likelihood of getting a national championship is significantly higher playing for Bill Self than it is playing for Jawan Howard. Yeah, and you look at the other centers of his ilk, you know, that's currently in the NCAA right now. Oscar Shibway at Kentucky, Drew Timmy at Gonzaga. There's a reason why they didn't go pro. Yeah, It's Timmy's because gonna... they're making more money yeah. in college than they could make overseas or in the G League yeah. or, you know, the 15th man on a roster. And that's why Timmy's going into his seventh year of eligibility because of COVID and, and uh, injury extensions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. So props to him. Yeah, for that's sure. That's all I wanted to say. I, I didn't know if you had a blistering take that for no. like some kind of respect the game and play. No, I thought it was, I thought it was I've said on this podcast many times, man, get your bag while you can. I am pro. Like I get the, I understand the, the moves of the Freddie Freemans and stuff of the world. Like you've got a short window. We documented this. You got a short window to make your money. And if you see that in college, go get it, man. With this NIL deal, I'm all for it. Right. All for it. Um, We'll quickly touch on the NBA playoffs, and we got a little college ba baseball. I do want to talk about I, – I sent you that earlier about college baseball, the SEC record against other conferences. I do want to get to that here in just a little bit. Um, but as stated earlier, the Knicks and Heat are now 3-2 uh, Miami. Jimmy Buckets has had a phenomenal playoff series. Um, and it was it was a cool video uh, of him the other day. The Heat were celebrating that last win that put him up 3-1. to one. It was a close game. The Heat kind of won late. Um, pulled away 109, 101 to go up three to one and all, you know, Bam was out there leading a dance. They were all dancing around. And if you look in the background, there's Jimmy Buckets just drinking his water and watching like yeah. we still got work to do. Yeah. I, I love Jimmy Butler. Same. Uh, he is the prototypical season. Don't matter until playoffs get here. <laughs> uh, it's love it or hate it. That's how he is. And when playoffs get here, you better pack Buckle a lot, my friend. 
You better yeah, buckle up because Jimmy Butler's coming. <laughs> he he hits that six gear, and he is a he like uh he is a bowling ball of butcher knives when it comes <laughs> to the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Um, they lost tonight. The Knicks got them tonight. Like I said, with the three one series regarding the Grizzlies, and we talked about it in the Lakers Warriors series. Game five typically goes to the home team. It's the you know. For the, the traveling team, the team that's up 3-1, you kind of tend to let your foot off the gas and rest up because you know you can win it all at home in game six. And uh, the he put up a fight. I mean, yeah. you're, that's the one thing I love about the Heat is Heat culture is real. Mm-hmm. You know, for decades, everybody's like, you want to be the Spurs. You want to be the Spurs. You want to be uh-huh. RC Bu- the way R.C. Buford uh, built the team and Popovich coached the team and the – the culture yeah. there, how they share the basketball. You can say the same thing about Golden State and their prime. I don't think there's a team that I'm more envious of their playing style yeah. than the Heat. Pat Riley uh, does a great job managing that team. Eric Spolstra was on his way out at one point when LeBron was there, and now is just like a like the – He's the, a genius, man. Yeah, he's so such a good coach, man. Such a good coach. He's got that team prepared year in and year out. I mean, you're getting productive minutes out of Udonis Haslam when he's 40-something years old at the end of games. Well, like – that's heat culture, man, and and they, yeah, they're a good team. They're not a team that you want to run into. I think they get it done in Game Six, but um, I mean, we take pride as Grizzlies fans in how well they develop and draft. I mean, you look at guys like Bain, who was taking thirty, and Santi Aldama, who was taking with the thirtieth pick. If you look at that Heat roster and the people that are undrafted that are contributing, you know, Jimmy Butler was picked thirty. Okay, uh, Gabe Vincent. Max Struess, both undrafted, highly productive minutes, uh, both in the starting lineup tonight. Yeah. Duncan Robinson, undrafted. Uh, Caleb Martin, which I don't remember if he was drafted or not. If he was, he was late. Yeah, Haywood uh, Highsmith, whoever that is, got some minutes tonight. Uh, there's only three guys that didn't play, and that was UD and uh, their new their rookie, uh, Nikola Jovich. Jovich. And uh, what's it? Um, Omer Yurt Seven, who you know, whoever I don't know what he is, but um, anyways, that's the that's the team that I like. That's the that's the culture. If you're talking about Grizzlies want to build a culture, that's the kind of culture I want. A yeah. nasty, yeah. gritty. I teams don't want to play us culture. No. Yeah, absolutely. But tonight was the Jalen Brunson show, and how Dallas let him get away, man. He had 38 tonight. Just it's it's a fireable offense. Yeah, like that guy is a he's a stud, and let and him develop can, another year and let him play beside Luca. Then you could have saved Spencer Dinwiddie and I got rid of some of those great defenders. And maybe Dallas is in some of these series now. I think they're a much better. They were in team. the Western Conference Finals last year. That's it, man. And the deal was done at that point. They didn't realize what they had. No, and, 100%. That's they a miss on scouting. Yeah, they can yell tampering all they want to. The truth of the matter is, is yeah, they, yes, they were tampering. Sure. New York Knicks had Jalen Brunson's father on staff, and their GM was their was Jalen Brunson's father's best man. He's yeah. Jalen Brunson's godfather. Yes, there was tampering. But what are you going to do if you go to Christmas together every year and, yeah. you know, your godfather is the GM of the, the Knicks? Like, that's not yeah. that's not tampering. The problem and, is you did not give him a contract when he wanted the contract. 
when you, but when he was telling you, I need more money, I'm better than what you think, and you say, I think you're cheaper than what you think, well, then you've got to lay in your bed at that point. And now he's playing basketball, meaningful basketball in May, dropping 38 against the Heat. And that's what I was going to say. Like, you gave, you left that door open for tampering. You left that door open by not giving him a contract. And so that's on yeah. you, Mark Cuban, letting that guy walk you. That's a major miss. You let the wolves in the hen house. I mean, yeah. you left that door open by not locking up what you had. You you look around, you say, I've got Luca. I can draw talent. And maybe you can. But what you just found is you've got a Hall of Fame point guard now who is, you traded everything you sold your literal soul to, mm-hmm. and he has ruined another franchise. After uh, you had all because guy, you didn't yeah. pay your the guy you drafted. Who's getting big money, big minutes, and big buckets. He had 38 tonight. Get on Jalen Brunson. Um, 38-9. What a great – and it was on 12-22 shooting. Very efficient night. Like, just a great game. He is game. such a changeup mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to uh, the NBA basketball. Jalen Brunson is a below-average height. Mm-hmm. But he is a mid-range master. He can get any shot he wants. He is the most frustrating person to play against in the NBA mm-hmm. that I've watched the Grizzlies play this year. He just creates it was so space frustrating that's not because there. yeah, yeah, that's what. Just like you said, he is creating space. He can get whatever shot he wants at any time, Absolutely. and Absolutely. it don't matter who's guarding him. Uh, we probably need to talk about the all defensive teams here for a second too. But uh, our boy Dylan Brooks made the second team all defense this year. He him. couldn't do anything about it. No. I mean, nobody could. No. Jalen Brunson gets what Jalen Brunson wants. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of real quick shout out, absolutely. Um the all NBA defensive team featured two uh Memphis Grizzlies, the obvious choice in uh Jared Jackson Jr. as the headliner on the first team. Um let's see pulling up right here. First team was Alex Caruso from the Chicago Bulls, very well deserved. He guys, a menace, um, very, very great, a, a great defender. Drew Holiday, Jared Jackson Jr., Brooke Lopez, and Evan Mobley. I was, you know, Evan Mobley got some traction towards the end of the year for Defensive Player of the Year, but uh, other than that, I mean, I think well, they got it right. Those are some um, of the best defenders in the league. Yeah, I think they got it right. Um, I think that Evan Mobley probably deserved it because. They kind of do it positionally for that as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I guess they went three centers uh, or considered Jaron and uh, Mobley four, forwards. Or, forwards. You know, Brooks forward. probably the true center. Jaron's probably the three. Evan Mobley is the four. You got Drew Holiday's a two, and Caruso is a one. I liked Caruso. That's a great uh, thing. That's, a, that's a target that I wish the Grizzlies would go after. If, mm-hmm. you know... He's one of those, like, make him your backup plan if you dare, but he's a good basketball player. He's the first Italian-American to ever win an NBA award, too. A little fun fact for you there. That's pretty neat. Um, mm-hmm. That's uh, good on him. Uh, the first team, I think he's a, a phenomenal basketball player. Jaron Jackson Jr. did get the most first-place votes, which probably should be expected considering he ran away with defensive player of the year but despite the smear job in the media he ran away with a great great pick absolutely 
And then uh, second team, uh, Bam Adebayo from the Heat, future Memphis Grizzly, OG Ananobi, former <laughs> Memphis Grizzly, Dylan Brooks, Draymond, which is a legacy pick, and Derek White from the Seas, which was a bit of a surprise. Um, I guess the only thing, his defense is definitely better than his hairline. That, uh, that hey, let's not him. take shots at hairlines, okay? Neither of us can. Mine's going yeah, away too. Yeah. But, neither uh, of us have <laughs> the hairline to insult another man's hairline. It's just uh, funny. However, I would say if mine got that bad, I'd shave my head. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, when it's even with your ears, it's time to go. Yeah. So uh, on the second team, uh, I don't know whether I should have been surprised by Dylan or not, mm-hmm. but I was just because public perception of him ended up not being a great sure. defender, but being a pest, you yeah. know, and a loud mouth. And so uh, these these votes are taken and tabulated before the postseason starts, so he did benefit from that. And he was a great one-on-one defender. I mean, uh, when you got the opportunity to scheme against him in a seven-game series, you saw his weaknesses, just like you do in the playoffs. Sure. Your strengths will be exploited. Your your strengths will try to be exploited, and your weaknesses will absolutely be exploited. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I was a little bit surprised. Uh, I'd be lying if I had a hot take about Derek White. Because uh, I just didn't watch a lot of Celtics games because they only play the Grizzlies twice a year in the regular season. Um, Bam, obviously, he's great. great and defender. Draymond is obviously great. I mean, he he's a legacy, yes, but he's also great. Still. He's a good defender. I uh, I saw a podcast clip from a couple years ago today of Shaq that just made me laugh because Draymond a couple years about three years ago said that in his prime he could take Shaq in his prime, and it's just like that's incorrect. Yeah, I don't care what well, you say. That's incorrect. The only the only way that that is true is if he can pick up Shaq from the three point line, <laughs> and Shaq's got to dribble. Even then, like all Shaq does is turn up, put his hip in him, and he backs him yeah. all the way down. But in the podcast, they asked Shaq. They said, "All right, this Warriors team. This is back when they had Katie, Steph, Draymond, Clay against the '01 Lakers with you and Kobe that won that title. Who wins?" Right. And, and, Kobe, Bog, and Shaq's yeah, Shaq's just like, "Give me the ball." They're like, oh, Draymond Green's guarding. He's like, that's fine. I'll go for 60. And right. they said, well, then JaVale McGee comes off the bench and guards you. He goes, oh, then I'll go for 70. Yeah. <laughs> Shaq would dominate. Like, Kobe, notwithstanding, like, sure, some of those guards that give him them fits, it's hard to compare eras, but Shaq would absolutely be a menace against that team. Shaq's the most dominating player that's ever played the game of basketball. Absolutely. There's just, just like, you could drop him. He would – like you would drop him in the 50s, 60s, 70s, today's NBA, and he would just because of sheer size and athletic ability at that size, he would. Just, I mean, he would just dominate. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, that was fine. I don't. I don't really have a problem about the NBA defensive teams. Yeah. Um. I think that. Uh. I think that's pretty fair. I still yeah. think Brooke Lopez is overrated, but nerds win. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Um. Quickly, kind of working through the rest of the NBA, we've talked about it a little bit. Uh. The 76ers and Celtics play tomorrow night. Sixers are up three games to two. Your NBA MVP, which we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, the flopping Joel Embiid, which says, you know, his excuse was his trainers told him to fall to save his ankles. But it's like, what about your shoulders and elbows and stuff that you're falling on at seven foot tall? But anyway. uh, I I mean, let's be honest. If I'm just being frank with you, um, and you know I like Joel Embiid, although I don't like all the flailing. I can buy that. I mean, the guy missed the first two years of his therapist. career with knee injuries. I'm, I'm I just, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. 
But as far as excuses go, that's one I can buy more than some. I ain't buying it. Not a bit. Not a bit. Miss me with that bull. You know what? He's seven foot two. I mean. Yeah, and that's, that's a, a long way. You try and catch yourself. That's how you break a wrist. You tear your rotator cuff, and then you're done. And you break a wrist, yeah. you like you're done. But those aren't as as frail as a knee for a seven. A, a wrist, a wrist is one. Like you think about a little tiny wrist catching the seven foot frame coming down. Like then you get like you break your scaphoid bone. There's no blood flow to that area. You have surgery. You're in a cast. You're immobilized. You're missing at least a year. That's that's a major. How injury. many times have you ever seen that happen in the NBA? We're talking about the- common knee injuries that you're avoiding. Knee <laughs> injuries are the most it, common injury in the NBA. And I, I'm just saying. Especially when you watch him flopping and fall. Like, sure, maybe one or two. Like, he yeah, feels the foot and not, he falls. He's but not when somebody falling. gives him a brush and he goes flying across the court, that's more dangerous for his knee than like a, than just jumping up and catching a ball or playing defense. I will, I will not defend him in the aspect that – the way he is falling, the situation he is falling, he is not bracing himself. In the, he's trying to get fouls in those situations. Yeah. But if you're just telling me if if it's better to uh, to not fight it and risk a knee injury versus fall, okay, that's fine. But you're falling all the time, yeah. <laughs> every, every yeah. time. Yeah. So I, I, do, series, I agree with you there. Uh, hot take for the me. Celtics absolutely mailed it in in yeah. a 2-2 series at home. Yeah. Gave away home court advantage because they didn't want to play yesterday. I still think, though, of all the teams that are down, I think the Celtics have the best chance of coming back and winning that series just because they can get hot. They can score a ton. They got a lot of talent. Again, you're right. They absolutely checked out. And if they play like they did in game five, this series will be over uh, tomorrow night by 10 (laughs) o'clock. They've got problems. They let Atlanta take them to six games when they had the opportunity to close them out at home. Uh, they've, They've messed around here and lost. Like they lost game two at home when Joel Embiid was out of the game. Uh, they mailed in another game at home when they had a chance to go up 3-2. Now they've got to win out, uh, lost home court advantage. I just, I don't, I don't see it, man. I, yes, they're the more talented team. Absolutely. They're, they should be the best team in the East. Mm-hmm. They should have been, as soon as Milwaukee got, uh, beat. They became the prohibitive going yep. away favorite to win the East, and they're acting like they should win the East right now. Yep. And Vegas has them as a two and a half point favorite tomorrow night with an eighty-seven percent chance to win. But ESPN on the road, forty-two percent chance. Yeah. They're a road favorite. Mm-hmm. Two and a half points. Mm. Yep. Okay. But um, again, I, I think they they've got the talent to do it. But if they get bounced, there is trouble in paradise. Jalen Brown, if you're listening to this podcast, come to Memphis. I bet they regret signing Joe Missoula to a long-term contract. I, I really think so. I would agree right. with that. Uh, anyway, yeah, moving right along. Um, we've already talked about the Lakers-Warriors for a good bit. Um, I think the Nuggets are going to put away uh, Phoenix. They're a uh, three-point dog, though. Uh, Phoenix is a three-point at favorite. Uh, yes, yeah, at Phoenix. Phoenix is a three-point home favorite. Tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Jokic is just so good. He gets whatever he wants. But the the difference in that series so far that what keeps Phoenix in it is, and I can't stand him. And I, I'm on record saying this, but it's Devin Booker, man. He is on fire. Averaging He's 36 incredible. points in the playoffs this year. Just can I miss? He couldn't defend my nephew though. Like ain't no defense. But my boy is getting. He's a walking bucket right now. Well, uh, and what's so perplexing about Phoenix? 
is that Monty Williams may get fired if they lose this series. Mm-hmm. Um, they let Jay Crowder walk in the offseason because he wasn't going to be happy with his role. Well, right. They let him walk slashed. He didn't want to play for him anymore. Uh, they traded away Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, who are really great role players, to get mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. They've lost Chris Paul again. I mean, it's the playoffs. Chris Paul doesn't play. No. They have nothing outside of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton is just trash. Coward. Trash. You know, he is, he's soft as Charmin. He don't try. He he literally doesn't try. You know, those guys that are, it's the most frustrating professional athlete ever is the guy that was blessed with seven foot two built like a goddess and just doesn't like it just doesn't like to play basketball that's what that's what deandre is the most frustrating style of athlete of all time if you can even call him an athlete yeah my buddy bowage is heart he hates him so much his harps on him so much about how bad he is and he's right like the other night when he stood on the baseline and watched that rebound getting tipped around like what do you want me to do like i don't know go get the rebound you look like your controller died and then again in the game just the other night that was that would have been uh game three game four or no game five same thing balls getting tipped around they're scrumming for the ball and he takes a step back and watches like you're seven feet tall. Go influence a play. Go make a friggin' basketball play. Get the ball. I'm just, I'm glad he's not on our team. Um, I'm glad he's somebody else's problem. We don't have to worry about that. But I was talking about it with Bowen too, and I, I'm curious your take on this. I, I think, and again, Jokic is all world, like an incredible basketball player. He looks super doughy. Doesn't look like a, a basketball player at all. But he's just a, a second poor guard on the floor. To me, as a as a Mark Gasol and Memphis Grizzly fan, I think that's that's what we hoped Mark was going to be, right? And I think Mark had flashes that he could have been that. Mark was a phenomenal facilitator. He was a phenomenal defender, but he was so passive on offense. That's the difference. When the Nuggets need Jokic to take over and win a game, what does he do? He go get you a forty piece. What would Mark do? Mark would pass. Mark would get passive. And in games against like the Hornets or the Wizards. Or the Jazz, when they didn't matter, sure, he might go get you 38 and 12. But when the lights were the brightest and we needed Mark the most, I I think a lot of Memphis wanted this Jokic that we see. And I think Mark could have done it, no, but he just never I panned think, out. I think Jokic is just the most creative basketball player I've ever seen is from a big man. Like, you can't, you know, the comparisons are there if you want to talk about his passing and facilitating and the fact that he's a big doughy white guy from overseas but that's really where the comparisons end because Jokic is just a whole nother class of basketball player that's what i'm saying and he's I, got and I that love killer Marcus instinct Hall. yeah he's got that killer instinct that we that mark would show little glimmers of but never really never really had what is interesting is if you look early in that series so in um let's see uh game three so Phoenix won uh, 112 to 114. Jokic had 30 points, 17 rebounds, and 17 assists. <laughs> what a uh, lot, man. And uh, so Phoenix, and they've come out and said it. Like, if Jokic is going to beat us, this is crazy. You don't see this in, in the NBA for many people. That's how special he is. They want Jokic to beat him by beat them by scoring. Because mm-hmm. if he facilitates, the whole team is better when he facilitates than if he just takes the whole load of it. Yeah. So they let him uh, 
score as much as he wanted. He had 17 assists in game three. So they said, all right, fine. Score as much as you want to and then see what happens. Well, in uh, game four, uh, let me see, is this game, is this the right one? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, in game, I was clicked on game five on accident. On, in game four, they said, fine, score as much as you want to. He went for 53. <laughs> yeah. 53 and 11. Yeah. And, and to Phoenix credit, Phoenix oh, won. Phoenix won. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that game that Phoenix won, uh, let's look at DeAndre Ayton's line. He played 27 minutes. He took six shots, and he had eight points, and he was a minus 13 in yeah. a five-point win. As a former number one overall pick. Yeah. In uh, in game five, the Nuggets win by 16, and uh, DeAndre Ayton was a minus... 21. Uh, so, yeah, DeAndre Ayton's just trash. He's trash. Uh, Bowen sent me a, a text from uh, Reddit. He saw on a son's Reddit that he follows, and it said, uh, who says no to this trade? DeAndre Ayton in Memphis for Steven Adams and Tyus Jones. And I just said, all of Memphis. <laughs> all of them. All of Everybody. Memphis says no. <laughs> yeah. You you look back as a Grizzlies fan, and we've had a tortured past. You know, all my sports teams, I, I – I curse all of them into just mediocrity and, you know, things don't typically go well. Uh, Grizzlies fans need to be thanking the good Lord upstairs for two things, not getting the number one pick in 2018 when they had the worst record because they would have taken DeAndre Aiden said we got fourth. Of course, I guess you could say, well, why couldn't we get two and get Luca? That's not the exercise we're playing here. Nope. Uh, we're blessed with Jaron Jackson Jr. Hmm. In 2019, we did not get the number one pick because we would have taken Zion Williamson. Instead, we got the two pick and got Ja. It worked out. Too blessed to be stressed. Right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's all our NBA talk for tonight. Anything else you want to add to that before we move into a little college baseball we wrap this show up? Uh, no, that's all I've got on the NBA. Uh, I'm. Uh, has the uh, Warriors-Lakers game started yet? Uh, yeah, it has, actually. What's the What's the score here? I know uh, this is a bad pod because, I mean, we're it's 52-54 Warriors in the uh, halfway through the second quarter. And for all of you listeners, the game is over, so just go check the score. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so in college baseball news, first of all, we have a new number one team for the first time this year. LSU had been the wire-to-wire number one team until this week's poll was released. And the Wake Forest Demon Deacons with a record of 39-7 and are your new number one ranked baseball team. Um, the SEC still has a super strong showing with LSU at two, Arkansas at three, Vandy at five, South Carolina at six, Florida at seven, and then Kentucky at 17, Tennessee at 23 has snuck their way back into the top 25. There is a Mississippi team that is represented in the top 25, and it's the Mustard Buzzards from Hattiesburg at 25th. Uh, with a 32 and 15 record, Coastal Carolina right up the road for me is the number eight ranked baseball team right now. They took Wake Forest. They took one out of two from Wake Forest uh, back earlier in the year. One of their seven losses, but Coastal's a great team. Got an opportunity Eastern? to make a deep run. ECU is 14th at 34 and 14. Okay. Well, um, what I take out of that is that uh, Wake Forest has an incredible record mm-hmm. uh, in the ACC this week, and, and they the hit the SEC, ball really well kind of eats itself you know uh right now uh lsu is 38 and 10 overall so only one game worse than wake forest uh in conference they are 16 and 7 they're actually in second place in the conference 
uh, because Arkansas has played and won one more game. They're 17-7. Right. Uh, You're welcome, and, Arkansas fans, for uh, that sweep this weekend. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, LSU's the best team in the country. I don't care what the polls say. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It'll get sorted out when it gets to Omaha. Yeah. The top 10 is all SEC. I mean, that's no doubt. Uh, South Carolina did lose their second consecutive series. Uh, they got swept last weekend by Auburn. They got beat. Uh, the, they lost the series this weekend to Kentucky. They've fallen uh, to 14-9 and nine overall. Uh, a half game back of Florida, who uh, is 15 and nine, mm-hmm. uh, and Vanderbilt is 17 and seven, uh, tied with Arkansas for the best record in the SEC. Uh, and if you scroll to the bottom of the page, you will see that Ole Miss is six and 18, and Mississippi State uh, somehow below Ole Miss in the standings at six and 18 as well. I don't know. Maybe they just did it alphabetically. No, nope, not alphabetically they, because we'd be, yeah, I, I don't know how they did. They pulled that one out because we have the, uh, we went three and one against Ole Miss this year. So no, you went two and two, three and one. You went two and two. What are you talking about? You lost the game in Jackson. No, we didn't. Oh, did you not? No. Oh, okay. We went three. <laughs> we lost You're one right. game. We took right. two out of three in Starville, and then we won the Governor's Cup. Missed me with that bull. Huh. I I keep turn. I always turn the game. You know that episode of Friends when she finds out that Old Yeller the movie actually ends with them shooting Old Yeller. You ever, hot, you ever watch Friends? Hot take. Friends is terrible. Friends is terrible. It's the Nickelback of television shows. Every episode is the same. It's trash. It's trash. It's not terrible. It's trash. I'm not saying it's one of the greatest shows of all time, but it's entertaining and it's funny. Uh, Shut up. Never so, thought. It was all right, let me make my point. <laughs> so there's this episode where Phoebe, who is the ditzy one, whose um, <laughs> mother always sheltered her. Uh, she finds out that Old Yeller, the the movie is really sad. She's like, "What? That's a great movie. It's about a boy and his dog." And they're like, "But he shoots the dog at the end." And she's like, "No, my mom always turned off turned off the movie. You, you tell me he shoots his dog?" <laughs> and then she's like, "No, nobody ruined anybody any other movies for me." You know, <laughs> like t- she turns off Titanic before the boat sinks, and so she thinks all these movies are just great movies, like. That's uh that's how I watch Ole Miss baseball. When we're winning, I turn it off. Yeah, there you go. Well, anyway, yeah, Mississippi State's holding out at the end of the at the at the bottom there in the rankings. Um, real quick, interesting though. Speaking of the SEC, you know, kind of eating itself, that has not been the case in non-conference play. So so far in the calendar year of 2023 and this year's college baseball see, uh, season, the SEC has a 267 win 60 uh, 61 loss one tie record for a say that percentage. one more time without a bunch of marbles in your mouth yeah sorry <laughs> 267 wins 61 losses and one tie for a winning percentage of 813 against Ooh. non-conference opponents that is cooking <laughs> yeah but i also want to know what that is power five versus the swack you know but so against the acc with wake forest we're 12 and 8 um against the big east uh three and oh let's see the pac 12 we are seven three and one had that one weird tie with Auburn and usc uh the acc the big 12 were 11 and five the big 10 were 14 and five thank you're welcome um I mean, yeah, fifteen and five against the Sun Belt. I'm biting a sneeze. 
Rusty just mouthed, I've got to sneeze, and he can't get a thought out until he gets it out, apparently. I'm trying to get you to take over, and you won't do it. So I don't know the speak. standing. You've got the stand. Uh, just make a comment about something. Jesus, I'm over here dying. If I just sneeze and get it over with. I can't. It ain't coming out. Listen, if you're still listening to this podcast at the hour and a half mark, God bless you as I'm fighting to sneeze. But against the Southwestern Athletic Conference, we are 19-0. and 0. Yeah, against the um, SWAC. Yeah. Yeah, conference uh, at the Atlantic Atlantic Sun, twenty-seven and five. But yeah, again, two sixty-seven, sixty-one and one, dominating non-conference opponents. We do not have a losing record against any conference that we've played. We not. have not played the Mid-Eastern, the Independents, or non-Division One teams. But we are I have a winning record against every other conference. Well, and allow me to uh, interject my my uh, biases here is that I don't care about any of that. <laughs> uh, because you're right. You're right. And I don't. Got it. I don't care. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Um, you know, I don't have SEC pride. You know, I don't care how we do against everybody else. The fact is that Ole Miss sucks and they suck in the SEC. However, uh, currently, you said the SEC record against the Big Ten is what? 15 and what? Against the Big Ten, we are 14 and 5. 14 and 5. Well, currently, Ole Miss has more wins against in the Big Ten Conference than Northwestern, Ohio State, Penn State, and Minnesota. Ole beat? Miss, <laughs> in our non-conference, played only Big Ten teams, uh, <laughs> and we finished that conference with a record of 8-0, 8-1. We have more wins against the Big Ten than we have in the SEC. <laughs> have eight wins against the Big Ten against uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, Purdue, a series against Maryland, and then another game against Maryland. We went eight and one, uh, and we only have six wins against the SEC. It is. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Mississippi State, we're trash. We're uh, falling apart of the seams. Talked about earlier, Limo may be on his way out, but um, – just got to hit the transfer portal, get some pitching. Other than that, we're just going to ride. It's a ride out the clock situation. I tell you what, what's depressing is if you look at these standings, Ole Miss 6-18 and 18 in the SEC, Mississippi State 6-18 and 18 in the SEC. Overall, Ole Miss is 25-23, and 23, and Mississippi State is 24-23. and 23. There is a real, real possibility that both of these teams finish the season Under. with an overall losing record. And that's it should not be, man. Those those are two programs that should never be under five hundred with all the talent that comes out of the state of Mississippi in, in baseball, with the national brand that both of us are in college baseball. There is no excuse for that. Yeah, and you're right. LSU has perfected it. They've done what everybody hopes to do out of the transfer portal. It's what Lane is trying to do. He has gone portal heavy. He said it's you know, it's just as important to get the one year, the guy who's done one year of college and transfer is just as important to get him as it is a high school kid. LSU has done that with Tommy Smokes and and um, uh, what's the pitcher? Um, uh, Keens, uh, uh, their Friday night pitcher. Oh. Uh, anyways, uh, anyway. Keens or something like that. Oh, uh, Paul Skeens. Paul Skeens. Skeens. Paul Skeens. Uh, yeah. And so they went and got all these elite transfers, and uh, that's what Ole Miss and Mississippi State is going to have to do. 
Yeah, we're going to have uh, to hit the transfer portal. There's going to be some talent out there that are leaving, and we've got to go get it. And you've got to find some money. Yeah. And the uh, college baseball is changing in more ways than one, two, because Mississippi has always been behind the eight ball because of their lack of a lottery scholarship. Uh, it is not easy to build a team in Mississippi. It's certainly not as easy as in Georgia or Alabama or Louisiana, where in uh, Georgia they've got the Hope Scholarship, which can basically give a full ride to anybody you want to. Uh, LSU or Louisiana's got the same thing. I forget what it's called. Uh, basically, you can you can find scholarships for players that play baseball that are not baseball scholarships. Just it's like Vanderbilt, all, who creates all these these uh, yeah, scholarships it, for their players. Yeah, and Vanderbilt benefits from being a private university. Exactly. Um, but as far as public universities go, others are much easier to to field a team on scholarship than it is in Mississippi. And I think there's some legisl- legislation out there that will change that very soon for the Mississippi schools. And two, uh, high school college baseball commits. Uh, when they commit in high school, you're typically committing like a ninth or 10th grader. Mm-hmm. Uh, they commit super early. They never decommit. There's this kind of handshake agreement in baseball that is non-existent in any other sports to where if you're committed to Ole Miss, you, they kind of delete your number. Other coaches kind of delete your number. Unless you're getting drafted. I'll see Austin Riley, who was a top Mississippi State commit, was taken third overall by the Braves. You can't turn yeah, that kind of money down. I mean, you know Mississippi State can't you know you'll never compete with that you know and that was pre nil uh, anyway so yeah and so um whereas they've just changed that changed the rule to where you can't even contact a high school baseball player until his 11th grade year mm-hmm. and they post dated that so if you have a commitment from a ninth grader you cannot reach back out to that ninth grader until he becomes a junior which is just absolutely wild to me and it it really changes the game yeah. because you one you probably don't miss as much with early bloomers that plateau uh and you you may miss some you know that that plateau you know now you know now that you can't contact with their 11th grade you know maybe you see that they've plateaued and you don't offer them but it also makes the competition a lot fiercer yeah. because if you can commit an eighth grade and you're convinced you're probably not have a lot of competition either uh, they just keep going younger and younger. So now, as soon as you grad, you finish your 10th grade year, it's open season from every single school in the book. You know, yeah. It turns into football almost. Yeah, absolutely. The only reason why you're not committing in ninth grade as a football player is because you haven't developed into the player that you're going to be, the body yeah. that, that they can you see. Grow. That yeah. That's grow not the plan so baseball, you know? Yeah. If, if you're throwing in the low 80s with decent command in ninth grade, you're going to be looked at by colleges you know yeah because that's only going to continue to get better but um but yeah uh, speaking of uh last night i went to our our alma mater costuth high school and watched them play in the third round of the playoffs um against alcorn central oh nice uh and starting on the mound was jack eaton oh he's hank Uh, eaton hank eaton yeah so good auburn Uh, commit he he pitched he is an auburn commit um and through Five innings of shutout baseball. They got it. They scratched across a couple late, but it, it garbage time. Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss, Kasuth run ruled them uh, no. twelve to two. Kasuth's good this year, and Hank is he's he's got potential, man. Yeah, and so he is uh, going to Auburn 
not this season, not after this year. He's just a junior, I believe. He's got and one more so, year. And uh, he's going to pitch. Uh, yep. I thought he was going to be a position player, but no, they, they did recruit him to pitch. Yep. When he came out of the game, he played shortstop. Yep. So. Great, great. He's a great baseball player. He can hit, he can pitch. Uh, but yeah, his future for the Auburn Tigers is, is a pitcher. So, you know, congrats to him uh, heading to go play for Butch Thompson down there in Auburn. Yeah, and uh, I've said on this podcast many times, uh, Butch Thompson is a Class A coach yeah. in in the SEC and in college baseball in general. Uh, if anybody's going to get it out of you, it's going to be Butch Thompson. He's on the short list that I've seen. Uh, he's got some Mississippi State ties. He's coached there. He's got some. Mm-hmm. He'd be on the short list to replace Limo, um, and I would be a hundred percent okay with that. You know, you keep calling him Limo, but I think you should call him Lemon. Of which you, that's what it's been these last two years. No, not that I have a lot to say, but he's yeah. kind of been a lemon since he won it, and he mm-hmm. kind of shaped like one as well. You're not wrong. <laughs> oh, he's lost a little weight this year. I think the stress might be getting to him. He's just not eating. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, one thing I do, I did leave this out. One thing I did want to kind of circle back real quick as we're wrapping up to the NBA. Under the new CBA, you were talking about some of the rules around all, you know, they're going to loosen it up. They're not going to do positions. There's also a 65-game minimum. That you have to play. I actually in mentioned, order to, meant to mention that when I mentioned yeah. the uh, the <laughs> positional, the dropping yeah. the positional limits for all NBA. So Jimmy Butler played 64 games, Giannis played 63, Dane played 58, Steph 56, and LeBron played 55. So none of those five would be eligible for the All NBA team. And neither would Ja, new, or neither yeah. would Jaron. Under the yeah. new uh, under the new CBA. Yep. That's interesting, and I, we're going to find out. For all NBA, it's going to matter because contractually it yeah. will matter. We talked about Jalen Brown and and Jason exactly. Tatum's contract incentives and and Jaws if he would have made another one. Um, I wonder if that language gets removed or gets put into a different. There's a different qualifier made other than all NBA. Maybe yeah. it's more incentive driven for yeah. stats or win shares or or stuff like that more yeah. than games played. And I also wonder what scares me the most. Is um, if you'll remember, uh, who was it? Um, I'm blanking. Um, it was uh, Mikael Bridges, I mm. believe, last year. Who was he had like the most uh, consecutive starts. You know, he's like Mr. Iron Man, play 82 games a year, and they clinched it up. And he went out there and for the tip, tipped it possession he fouled mm-hmm. got out of the game i hope that there's that Not doesn't that. start happening yeah like oh you played but you played 30 seconds you know that would yeah. that's worse than finding out an hour before game time that you're resting right if you do that yeah 100 percent. I, I don't disagree it'll it'll there will always be the teams and the players in the age of rest that we have that will find a way to rest yeah. Uh, as a physical therapist, uh, maybe we should dedicate a little bit more time one day to get your thoughts on how it rest affects uh, injuries. Yeah. Because I truly believe that all of these knee injuries. I mean, look at Kawhi. Look at you know a dozen other players that that are load management freaks, and they always come back and have. Uh, muscle injuries or you know different kind of ligament injuries that i believe come from not 
frequently playing basketball. If I'm being that would be a very interesting podcast, and I can do a deep dive on that. All I'll say tonight is a body in motion stays in motion. And I think Newton said that. I yeah. think that was uh, Sir Isaac Newton. It was. Um, and <laughs> not, nothing, not, nothing. I'm I'm patenting it over here, but yeah. well, I think that, that'd be a great episode topic for a future episode for sure. Yeah. And so uh, that's all I've got tonight. I don't yeah. think uh, you know. I always like to run through my tweets that I've liked here to see if there's anything that I'm missing. But I feel like we've covered almost all of the bases that uh that I've got here. So yeah. I think it's been a action packed. We got. We touched all of the bases tonight. We yep. got some listener questions. We did. We did NBA. We did college baseball. We did some a little bit of NFL draft. I I think we've covered all of our bases, and I'm happy with uh with putting a wrap on it tonight. I definitely agree. So uh, again, those listening at home, if you're still with us at the hour and 40 minute mark, please give us your questions. Give us your thoughts. Give us. Uh, Give us time, you know, give us questions that you want us to talk about on here. We will gladly it, attack any issue that you have. Please, It does statements. not have to be sports. We no. will answer anything. Obviously, we talked about aliens. We talked about popcorn tonight. Give us a hot take, and we'll tell you why you're wrong. Uh, yeah. Anything that you want to pop in that questionnaire, we're going to keep putting that on our social medias. Please uh, interact. Give us some thoughts. Give us some hard ones. Give us some 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 hot takes that we can dissect on here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we look forward to continuing to uh, to get into listener stuff, uh, yeah. and uh, we're open for topics or whatever. Like Rusty said, he hit all the bases there. Uh, if you want to reach out with us, uh, you can find us on our YouTube page. It's at the Two Buck Sports Podcast. Uh, our Instagram is where we get most of our traffic right now. So if you really want to uh, to get a hold of us, the easiest way to do it is on Instagram in the comments or shoot us a message. Uh, Rusty will probably read it if he can figure out how. Uh, yeah, our uh, Instagram is uh, the two is two bucks sports podcast number two. Uh, that's our Twitter handle as well, the number two bucks sports podcast, and we have a Facebook fan page. It's two bucks sports podcast, and uh, so find us there. Reach out. I promise that you will not get ignored anymore. Now that Rusty has uh, successfully rounded the turning curve the uh the learning curve here of instagram yeah yeah, yeah. i watched formula one this weekend oh, yeah, they had their, the miami race and so red bull uh finished one and two uh again you know. i think the highlight was when uh they approached paola Machero again and was like hey welcome to the race he's like at least you know my name this year because they yeah, called because last pat year they called him pat mahomes yeah <laughs> Yeah, like Pat Mahomes is six foot nine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, tell me you've never seen an NFL quarterback in person without telling me. Right. And what's great is when they put those guys, those those Formula One drivers through those skill tests to see how athletic they are and like to see like they're the most unathletic people, but they have like world class reaction and driving yeah. skills. So they're obviously athletes, but watching them try and run is like watching a newborn giraffe take its first six steps. It is abysmal how like athletic they are in other sports besides racing cars. Well, you know, um, a wise man once said it's better to work smarter than work harder. And so some people run for a living. I'd rather drive, you know, absolutely. And then, um, yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend that Netflix series drive to survive the formula one series. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll really make you at least pay attention to the standings and the, the race results for formula one. And occasionally I even watch one. It's great. It's great. Well, it is getting my bedtime on the East Coast. Drew, appreciate your time tonight. Enjoyed it, sir. And we'll see you back here next week. See you guys.
Yeah.